0: Girls, we deserve beauty sleep. When we aren't getting deep sleep, we are hurting our hormones which affects how we look and feel. Her Nightly takes getting your beauty sleep to an even deeper level. Infused with a therapeutic dose of melatonin, Her Nightly ensures that we fall asleep quickly and deeply. Once asleep, our all-natural collagen and biotin goes to work all night, repairing our skin, muscles, and hair. This ensures proper nightly recovery to help us feel recovered and energized when we wake up. Her Nightly is an all-natural sleep aid that promotes deep sleep and even deeper recovery. Just take one serving before bed to unwind and decompress. You'll not only wake up feeling energized, but ready to take on the day. It's time to make the most of your night's sleep with Her Nightly. You can check us out on all social platforms at Mixers, M-I-X-H-E-R-S, or on our website at Mixers.com. Well, hello, everyone. Welcome back. Happy Friday. We are one week into this new year. So far, so good, right? And today I'm excited because I'm going to be able to talk about a topic that I know many of you guys have been very interested in, and I think it's very applicable for this time of year because it's on our mind quite a bit. Today I'm going to talk about how we can eat and how we can move our body to optimize our menstrual cycle and to also help us to lose fat and to maybe break out of a fat loss plateau. And yes, there is a difference between weight loss and fat loss. Weight loss is easy actually, um, but fat loss is a whole other story and it has a lot to do with hormones. So we're going to dive into that today. Statistics show that 80% of us, 80% of women suffer from hormonal imbalance. It's a huge problem. That's the majority of us. In fact, we know that hormones play a key role in our moods, emotions, digestion, our energy levels, our pain tolerance, and our appetite, and so much more. Our hormone fluctuations dictate our monthly menstrual cycle as well. And are so crucial to our body's responses and how we feel on a daily basis. So many of us, when we're seeking help for hormonal imbalances, are given very limited options that actually help to address the hormonal imbalances that are... um, that are causing all of these problems that we're seeing and filling every single month. I know that birth control is a big one. It's one that um, we talk a lot about. A lot of questions come in, um, a lot of comments are made about birth control it's huge. It's a big problem. I think it's very common for many of us. And I personally am super shocked at how quickly birth control is prescribed for women, even at a very young age. I've worked with girls at the age, literally at like 12, 13 years old that are already being prescribed birth control because they are dealing with hormonal imbalances. As girls that are always seeking solutions, we're often told that it's totally normal to not have a regular cycle. Like that's not true. It's common, but it's absolutely not normal. Birth control, by the way, doesn't actually heal our hormonal imbalances. That's something very important to know. And I wish was discussed more often, but I will continue to, to discuss it here on this podcast. But what birth control does instead is it actually masks any of our symptoms, any of those messages that were being given from our body that we are experiencing hormonal imbalances. Having and then getting our period is an incredible opportunity for us to kind of, it's like a marker of our health. And so it's something that it's so important for us to pay attention to and not to just like wish away all the time. Our periods can tell us so much about our overall health that our periods are now called our fifth vital sign, along with things like our body temperature, our pulse rate, our respiration rate, and our blood pressure. Now, many doctors are looking at the quality um, and the regularity of our periods as one of our main vital signs, and it's something that is included in our annual physicals. If we don't know if we're having a healthy cycle or if we're not having a healthy cycle, Um, that really does leave out a critical piece of our whole health puzzle. So it's really important for us to continue to dive into some of this information so we can better understand our bodies so that we know what to expect. We know what is normal. We know how we should be feeling. And the things we're going to talk about today are really going to give you some really awesome insights. So I'm really excited. Hopefully you guys can grab a pen or pencil and some paper and start taking some notes. Um, And I'm going to encourage you guys to just be your own best detectives, be somebody that is really, really paying attention to your own body and how you're feeling each and every single day of the month so that you understand your health and you can be your own best advocate. So similar to the circadian rhythm, Our bodies um, naturally have this daily sleep and wake cycle, right? But what we're going to talk about today is how as women, we also have another cycle that, or rhythm, I should say, that is called our infradian rhythm. So unlike the, the circadian rhythm, which is our daily clock, like I said, our sleep, wake clock, the infradian rhythm is a month long clock. And it's very, very related to our menstrual cycle. Women may feel very differently at different times of the month based on where we are in our infradian rhythm. So if that sounds like that's you, like I know that many of us will say, yes, that's so true. Sometimes of the month I feel totally like great and I have tons of energy. Other times of the month, I just want to be like a homebody and sit on the couch and read a book and I just, you know, my cravings are a little bit stronger or whatnot. So I feel like that's something that we just definitely need to like... Pay attention to and understand that that's that's a fact that our our bodies are fluctuating during the month, and so of course we're going to be able to we are going to feel differently just during certain times of the month, um, based where, on where we are during this infradian rhythm. Understanding, honoring, and adjusting our lifestyles to sync with um, the hormonal fluctuations that come with our monthly cycle also known as our infradian rhythm what this does is it allows us to optimize our overall health and also our hormonal health which is something obviously that we talk a ton about Um, So here's an example to kind of help you maybe better understand what I'm talking about. So let's think of our circadian rhythm. I feel like that's something that we're way more familiar with. Um, If you're not familiar with it, it's just basically our 24-hour clock. It's our sleep and wake cycle. So if you guys have been a client of mine or you've been listening to this podcast or you follow me on social media, you know I talk a lot about how important it is to have a routine when it comes to our sleep and when it comes to our nutrition and when it comes to our exercise. These consistent routines, what they do is they optimize our energy levels, and they do this based on our circadian rhythm. So we know that we are naturally more tired when it gets dark outside, right? So we adjust our schedule so that we can sleep. So think about when our circadian rhythm gets totally thrown off and we stay up much later than we normally would, or we have a day where we have to get up a lot earlier than we normally do, the result is usually a very sleepy, groggy, and even if you've noticed, a very like sugar and caffeine craving individual. When we honor our natural circadian rhythm... The result is that we get optimized sleep, we have optimized energy, and our blood sugar levels stay stable. So this same kind of idea, the same concept, also applies to our infradian rhythm. So we need to understand that the infradian rhythm is a month-long cycle, and so we need to adjust our sleep, our energy, and our nutrition to optimize where we are in this month-long cycle, um, known as our infradian rhythm. I think it's important to do what I call phasing, okay? So if you're new here, you know that we have four distinct phases of our monthly cycle. Um, We are probably most familiar with our menstrual cycle. Um, That is one phase, all right, of this monthly cycle that we are in. I'll do a quick refresh on the four different phases of our monthly cycle in just a quick minute, Um, but let me just help you understand why I call it phasing. So phasing is when we adapt our nutrition, our exercise, and then also like our social and our work calendar to best support our different phases of our monthly menstrual cycle. So the goal is to support our body in the best way possible based on what is physiologically happening within our bodies based on this infradian rhythm. There are studies out there that I'm going to talk about today that suggest that switching up what we eat and how we exercise during these different phases can absolutely have a huge influence um, on our bodies and how we feel. And it can significantly decrease our physical and our mental PMS symptoms and even help us to lose weight or fat and to help us break out of a a fat loss plateau. Um, so many women. I, I don't know if you knew this, but for many, many years I was also a personal trainer and the way that I was trained at the beginning of this is that basically all humans, <laughs> men, women are just human bodies and we're the same. And so therefore we should use the same type of nutrition programming. We should have the same kind of exercise approaches. And that if we wanted to lose weight, it was really just a calories in versus calories out approach, energy in versus energy out. And after many years of mostly, I trained both men and women, but most of my clientele was, were women. I started noticing that... This wasn't the case. My men and you will know this if you you know, know any men, is that a lot of times that calories in versus calories out works amazingly well for men. But as women, it's like the most frustrating thing. We could be counting every single calorie and exercising every day for hours. And sometimes that scale just won't budge. So that's when I started looking into this whole idea of maybe it's not necessarily the energy in versus energy out that's working for us. Maybe it has something more to do with our hormones hormones because as females obviously our hormones fluctuate they fluctuate on a daily basis men's you know fl- fluctuate hardly at all like they basically have to worry about testosterone but yet we have fluctuations in all of our sex hormones you know we we just have this daily you know rise and fall of estrogen progesterone and so on so it just made sense to me the first time i ever heard about the phrase infradian rhythm was back in about 2009 and there's still a lot more that I need to understand about it, but what I do understand about it, it's incredible. And it has completely changed the way that I personally, um, view my nutrition and how I plan my exercise. And then also it definitely, um, changed the way that I, you know, trained other women and I started seeing amazing results. Um, just like I would say too, when I was following the kind of one size fits all approach, um, the things I was doing with men, if I was doing them with women, sometimes not only would we not see the scale move but sometimes we'd see the scale go up and it was very very frustrating because um, these women like I said they felt like they were following all of the rules and but for some reason it was like they felt like they were fighting against their body and that their body was maybe betraying them because that you know the simple law of thermodynamics says to us that energy in versus energy out basically you know is going to be the the way to go but When we started taking a a hormonal approach and started kind of customizing based on their hormonal fluctuations, their body responded and it was like this beautiful flow that kind of started happening where they started feeling better, their body started responding the way that they were hoping. And so these these are the things I'm excited to share with you guys. Um, I know it's a lot of information, but this is why I wanted you guys to grab a pen and paper just so that you can write some of these things down and think about them because this is not going to be something that... Um, is just going to be a quick like you're gonna understand it by tomorrow this is going to be kind of an experiment like I said you're going to be your own best detective and you're gonna do your own uh, maybe your own best scientist and you're going to do your own kind of discovery and pay attention over the next month and just kind of see how your body responds to these different phases um, during our infradian rhythm so, like I was saying, some of these studies that I'm going to talk about today um, are proving what I just shared with you. Um, they prove that switching up what we eat and how we exercise during the different phases can significantly decrease our physical and mental PMS symptoms and even help us to lose weight or break through a fat loss plateau and to also um Make sure that the weight that we are losing is actually consisting of fat and not muscle, which has everything to do with hormones. Um, All women, every single woman actually can benefit from phasing no matter what stage or age you are in life. Um, And... We can all benefit from supporting our infradian rhythm, just like we can benefit from um, supporting our circadian rhythm. It can be so helpful, especially if you have recently gone off hormonal birth control. Um, This approach can be very helpful for you if you have PCOS, if you are overweight, if you're experiencing a low libido or low sex drive, um, if you are trying to get pregnant, if you're trying to conceive. If you are a woman that is just chronically tired all the time, you're just so fatigued, you barely feel like you can get out of bed each day, this is an approach that you really need to be paying attention to. Um, also, if you experience severe or very long PMS symptoms, um, things you know, you're know you experiencing things like hormonal migraines, or um, maybe you're noticing that your digestive uh, system isn't working well and you're having some worsened issues. Um... Also, if you have heavy, painful, or regular periods, this is an approach that can completely change your life. And so this is why I'm so excited to talk about it today. All right. So let's, like I said, I wanted to do just a quick overview. I have talked about this in previous podcasts. We have talked about it on our social media, but again, you may be new here and it doesn't hurt us to kind of talk about it just even a little bit more. So I want to talk a little bit more and help you guys understand what our menstrual cycle phases are and then what they mean. Okay. So, um, like I said, we have four distinct phases and each of these phases are associated with unique hormonal fluctuations and um, the four phases are first our follicular phase that's the pre-egg phase that's the phase where like our body's preparing to be able to um, create this egg and to release it it's creating fertile ground then our second phase is our ovulatory phase and this during this phase is when we actually process the release of an egg then our third phase is our luteal phase that's after our body has released an egg And if we didn't get pregnant, then we have our fourth phase, which is our menstrual phase, which is the phase that we are most familiar with and talk most about. But that's the phase when we're shedding um, our uterine lining, okay? So usually our menstrual phase um, lasts between one to five days. You know, it's really normal actually up to seven days, um, but... It's different for everybody, and it could be different month to month. What's happening during this phase, which you know, it's a little confusing. I had a a, um, a customer actually write in to say their day wanting clarification. So let me give some clarification right now. It is a little confusing. Some people, when you, some experts will say that there are three phases, um, because what they do is they combine our menstrual and our follicular phase as one phase. I find that it's more uh, it's easily and more easily understood when we see them each as four distinct phases. But our menstrual and follicular phase will have similar approaches when it comes to our nutrition, our diet and our lifestyle strategies. So let's just go through each one of them. Let's start with the menstrual phase like I said, it's it's part of our follicular phase um, if you want to look at it like that, um, it is also its own unique phase. But basically during this time what's happening is our estrogen, And our progesterone really tank. They really are low. And the lining of our uterus, which is called our endometrium, what it does is it sheds. And that shedding is what causes bleeding. And a lot of times our energy and our moods can be very low. All right. So that happens. And then we're still, you know, kind of going through this low estrogen and progesterone phase and we stop our bleeding. And so we enter in the day that we stop bleeding, we enter in follicular, our follicular phase. And our follicular phase, just again, depending on you, everybody's going to be a little bit different, can last between six to 14 days. So our estrogen and our progesterone are starting to rise, but they're still pretty low. So our energy and our mood as this, like this, increase in estrogen, progesterone, then start to rise, you'll notice this kind of progression of energy. During this. the first part of this phase, you still might feel pretty tired. You feel like you don't have as much energy and your moods might not be as um, high. But as this phase continues on, you will start to feel more and more energy, which is awesome. A lot of times this is when we feel our best during the that month. Um, the next phase is our ovulatory phase. And um, this happens between... Um, Days 15 to 17 is just, again, dependent on you and Basically, at this time, what is happening is our, our estrogen has completely peaked. It's at the highest that it will be during the entire month. Our testosterone and progesterone also rise, and they're nice and high too. So we're feeling awesome at this point. Our sex drive is strong. We're feeling super confident. We've got tons of energy. This is the time when you know we feel like we can get stuff done. So we do want to kind of take advantage of this time of the month. After these uh, couple of days, ovulatory phase is our shortest phase of the month. We enter in what's called our luteal phase. Okay. This, again, I'm, you know, the days are between 18 and 28 of our monthly cycle. And this is, again, when our estrogen and our progesterone levels are high. And then if an egg was not fertilized, then what happens is that these hormone levels start to decrease and that we start preparing to go into a menstrual cycle again. So during this time, energy intake and um, maybe output also may increase. You might have that... craving to have just a little bit more food and you still might have some energy. And then as this phase kind of continues on, it gets closer to the menstrual phase. Then all of a sudden that energy will start kind of to dip again. You'll have lower energy. You'll start having moodiness and probably more food cravings, like I mentioned. So let's talk a little bit about how to, like I said, this is what the whole topic of this podcast is, or this episode is, is Let's talk about how then do we take advantage of this awesome information. So how do we eat and how do we move to optimize our infradian rhythm? So hormonal fluctuations um, that happen throughout the month result in different, they they have different nutrient and detoxification needs is probably the best way to say that. We have different nutrient and detoxification needs throughout our cycle and then each individual phase. The speed of our metabolism also changes based on our cycle and our body may be more or less sensitive to certain foods um, and patterns depending on the time we are in our cycle of the month that we are or the cycle that we're in during the month. Um, so let's do a quick overview of the nutrient nutrient and dietary patterns and movement patterns that will probably be the best to support us um, based on which phase of the menstrual cycle we are in. Um, I'm so also so excited to talk about um, really cool research studies um, that are clear examples of the power that dietary patterns and specific nutrients and movement patterns have on our infradian rhythm. But first, let's talk about the different phases um, and what nutrition recommendations I want to share with you. All right. So, again, let's start with the menstrual phase. Um What's really important to focus on is we want to increase our B vitamin intake, our magnesium intake, our omega-3 intake, and we need to load up on those antioxidants. So my recommendations as far as food goes is to... Eat a lot of cooked veggies. Make sure that your plate looks very colorful, lots of colorful plant foods. Um, This is a good time to drink those herbal teas. And I love, love, love bone broth. This is an awesome time to get some of um, those nutrients that come from bone broth, our fats and our protein and everything that comes from that. Also, fatty fish like salmon is a great um, food to kind of include during this time of the month but also grass-fed and organic animal products. And then also being really aware of trying to limit or trying to um, enjoy, I just wanted to say limit, but actually this is the time of the month where we can enjoy more of our unprocessed starches and carbs, okay? But we need to, during this time, really avoid fatty or fried foods. It's a good idea to avoid alcohol. It's a good idea to avoid caffeine and obviously excess salt too, um, So, because we can tend to get really bloated, right? And so this is the time that we want to kind of forget that menstrual cycle, though. This is the time that you can actually enjoy those extra carbs. And um, Just kind of listen to your body. Your body will tell you what you need. All right, so once we stop bleeding, again, we go into our follicular phase. And during this phase, this is, again, where we're creating that fertile ground, right? So it's really important for us to make sure that we are focusing on getting the nutrients zinc. Um, We also can start eating more of those phytoestrogens. Um, If you don't know what phytoestrogens are, they are basically plants that mimic um, estrogen and have estrogen effect on our body. Um, Also, it's still important for us to get those omega threes. That healthy fat is going to be key for helping us to be able to maintain hormonal balance. So during this follicular phase, it's really good. It's a good idea to start focusing on lighter meals, uh, making those meals maybe more plant based. Eat things that help to support your metabolism of estrogen too because your body needs to be able to have nutrients that um, can help the liver to detoxify this excess estrogen. It's like we need to – use it and then we need to lose it as fast as possible. And when we're not taking in the the foods that w- help to support this detoxification process, what happens is that we can have a buildup of estrogen and that estrogen dominance leads to all kinds of um, hormonal imbalance issues. So things like fermented foods are gonna help you to be able to, to detoxify this excess estrogen as well as high fiber fruits and vegetables. Make sure that those high f- uh, fiber fruits and vegetables are organic um, because we don't wanna be Putting more burden on our liver if our liver is having to try to flush out toxins on our food, then it will do that first before it starts um, detoxifying out excess estrogen. So make sure that you're choosing organic as much as possible. Also make sure that the um, proteins that you're eating are high quality. Again, um, because same same thing. We just want to make sure that our we're giving our liver a break. We're giving our our liver half a chance to do what it's designed to do. Um, also, this is the time when you. can't can also enjoy more of the unprocessed starches or carbs. Okay. So you can have a little bit higher carb intake. Um, during our ovulatory phase, the nutrients that I want you guys to focus on are vitamin C or B vitamins. And again, really load up on those antioxidants. So Just like we talked about before, we're going to eat foods. The antioxidants are very liver-supporting, and so we want to eat foods that are also helping to support our liver. So things, again, like our whole fruits, um, our vegetables, our fresh herbs, add lots of spices, raw nuts, uh, cruciferous vegetables are key and so helpful and so needed for our livers to be able to, to function the way that they are designed to. And also just, again, focus on quality protein and getting in your healthy fats. All right, during the luteal phase, the phase that's right before our menstrual phase, um, omega-3, you're going to notice I put that <laughs> pretty much in every one of our phases. It's so important. Um, healthy fats help uh, stabilize hormone uh, balance, so that's super important for us to get Enough in our diets, but also to possibly supplement um, with our omega threes, but also to focus on nutrients like selenium, magnesium, and our B vitamins. Again, so these what these do is they help to support our digestion and they help to relieve um, PMS symptoms. So things that you can eat and focus on eating are things like leafy greens. Um, again, you want to you can still have carbs um, and just make sure that they're the unprocessed. And what do I mean by unprocessed? I mean like as whole and high fiber as possible. So if you are going to eat rice, let's try to eat brown rice, right? It has a little more fiber to it. There's a lot that um, comes with that fiber, a lot of benefit that comes with that fiber. Things like fatty fish is going to be very good for you and anything that's magnesium rich. So good news here. Magnesium rich foods include things like dark chocolate, um, but also spinach, nuts, and seeds. It's really, again, important for us to focus on healthy fats and quality protein again and to really focus on avoiding blood sugar fluctuations. Um... What this will do is it will help us to satisfy sugar cravings, but it's also just important for our overall hormonal balance as well. I've talked about this just recently. We talked about how important it is for us in order to control these sugar cravings is to make sure that when we are loading our plate and we're deciding what to eat, that we really need to create a balance of all of our three macronutrients. So We want to make sure that our plate is filled with protein as well as healthy fats and carbs. And When we do that, what happens is that helps to stabilize our blood sugar. And it helps us to be able to um, avoid those sugar cravings that can kind of uh, sabotage us. All right. Also, during this phase, it is very important for you to avoid alcohol, um, avoid excess salt, um, avoid those added sugars. It's also important, though. It's something that I know that not a lot of people are aware of to avoid carbonation. All right. So those sodas. Um, Also, dairy dairy, dairy, dairy. Again, that's going to cause all kinds of digestive issues for you during this phase of the month. Um, And then also really limit your processed meat. All right. So let's talk about movement. All right. How do we exercise? Because I feel like this is the one that Um, I feel like most of us struggle with the most, we kind of just get into our exercise routine and we do the same thing, you know, every Monday and then Tuesday we do this and Wednesday we do that. And it's just kind of hard for us to kind of rethink through this and wrap our minds around how actually, instead of a daily change of things we're going to do, um, it's just really focusing on different phases, what we're going to change up during each phase. So let's talk about the menstrual phase again. We'll start with that there. This is when our energy levels are probably going to be at the lowest, okay? That's at the beginning of our period. We just feel tired. We just literally want to veg, right? So it's important during this phase to listen to your body. And if you feel like you could exercise, it's going to be great for you. Exercise is very important and very helpful, but choose things that are light and use slow movements because truly during this time, there's a lot going on in your body and rest is key. So I love exercise like gentle yoga. I love going... For walks or going for a hike that's not too strenuous. Um, Even taking time just to stretch, I count that. (laughs) That counts as exercise for me. I also love to do whatever I can to help reduce any stress during this time. Um, So I always make sure that I'm just right on with my meditation every single day. And I love getting outside, just getting outside into the fresh air, into nature, you know, all of that is so key and very important. And I highly recommend it during our menstrual phase. During our follicular phase, this is when, again, like I, I mentioned before, this is when our um, our hormones are starting to build again. They're starting to rise again, and we'll slowly start feeling more energy, and we're going to start feeling amazing, actually. So this is the time when you want to start including things like cardio and maybe doing those hit cardios, like where we're doing high-intensity interval training, um, maybe doing a little harder hike, right, Like or going running, right? But doing strength training is always, always a good idea. Um, but maybe this is the phase that you want to really push it and lift those heavy weights. Or you want to do it fast by doing some kind of a circuit training, weight training program. These are good ideas to do during the follicular um, phase of the month. Okay, the next phase, ovulatory This is also a time, this is when all of these sex hormones have spiked. And so this is also the best time for you to do that high intensity, high energy movements. I love doing like a high fitness class during this phase of the month. I like doing my hits. I loved getting in my sprints or doing like a spin class or something like that. Um, Again, circuit training is awesome for this. This is when we have the highest energy and our stamina levels are their highest and at their peak. So we might as well take advantage of it. Um, Then let's move into the luteal phase. This is when things start changing again, all right? So this is when we switch from that high intensity and when we need to start adding in, again, a little more light to moderate exercise as the... As this phase moves on, the beginning of the luteal phase, you'll still have some energy. But as the phase, you know, as we phase closer to the menstrual phase, um, this is when you're going to start going down from moderate then to light exercise. Strength training, you're going to notice, is something that I recommend during every single phase of the cycle. It is something that is so beneficial, especially for us women, especially if we are wanting to lose fat. This is something that's going to help. It The more muscle we have, the higher metabolism we're going to have, um, the better, like, Blood sugar stabilization we'll be able to have. All of this is going to be so beneficial to us. So strength training, you're going to hear it from me every single phase. It is a recommendation. But also Pilates, awesome. Using those um, small movements, man, it's like doesn't seem like you're doing much. But if you've ever been to a Pilates class, you know it can kick your butt. Um, yoga, also power yoga is a great one. Um But doing things like low intensity cardio, so um, LIS is what it's usually called. So doing something that's like a steady state where we're not necessarily having these huge fluctuations of heart rate up and down. It's just something a little more steady state cardio because our stamina is actually gonna be a lot lower during this phase. So it's important for us to just kind of pay attention to that. All right, let's talk about the studies that I mentioned just because I find that they're so interesting and it really supports what I'm talking about here today. So one research study showed that nutrition therapy supplementation, um, like her time, in women significantly reduces mental and physical PMS symptoms, such as things like depression, anxiety, lack of concentration, breast tenderness, headaches and bloating compared to a control group with a placebo supplementation. So um, they did a study with many of the nutrients that are in her time. Um, They didn't use her time for the study, but many of the nutrients that are in her time work uh, part of this study. And they compared the group that was taking the nutrition um, supplements as compared to participants that were just taking a placebo uh, supplement and kind of compared the two. And what they found is that all of these mental and physical PMS symptoms, like I mentioned, were completely like, there was a huge difference. There was a huge difference. The people that were actually getting the nutrients, this makes sense to me. I mean, I know this may sound like a no brainer, but I love it when there's like actual studies that um, kind of solidify the, the, the thought here that yes, when our bodies are nutrient deficient, our bodies cannot they cannot function optimally, right? Our bodies need nutrients to be able to, um, to do all of the many processes that they're responsible for doing. And so if you're not getting the nutrients from the food that you're eating, taking a high-quality supplement um, is going to make all the difference in the world. So this study showed that it does, does indeed make a huge difference. Um, many of us are nutrient deficient, and that's why we are experiencing these PMS symptoms. All right, the second research study, this is the one that I think that you guys will be most excited about, um, it showed it, what it did actually is it examined the effect of a diet and exercise program that was designed to support our different phases, like we've talked about, um, compared to a standard energy restriction or calorie counting type type of um, nutrition program and exercise regime program. The study that they did was six months long, and it included sixty healthy but overweight premenopausal women these subjects were randomly assigned to one of the two groups, all right? The first group was a diet and exercise program that was designed to support the metabolic changes that occurred during our menstrual cycle, and they were called the study group. The second group was put on a standard diet and a standard exercise program, and they were called the control group. So we've got the study group and we've got the control group. Both of these groups consumed a 1,600 calorie a day diet um, throughout the entire study length, except for four days when the study group, remember that was the first group, was allowed to eat an extra 200 calories. The study group had a diet and exercise program that supported the metabolic changes of the menstrual cycle and adjusted the participants' macronutrients. Remember, our macronutrients are our protein, fat, carbohydrates. Um, they these uh, the, they adjusted the participants' macronutrient compositions, right, um, depending on what phase they're in, as well as the type of exercise, meaning like high intensity versus low intensity. They did this to optimize their hormonal fluctuations of their cycle while still consuming the same number of calories as the control group. The control group ate a consistent calorie and macronutrient ratio and did the same exercises throughout the the entire study period. So let's talk about the study group, that first group, what happened to them. The nutrition plan that they had was tailored, like I've said, to like work with their metabolic changes, um, depending on what phase they were in. And so their eating and their exercise protocols were based on the four phases of their menstrual cycle. And so it looked something like this. So phase one, their menstrual cycle, basically what was happening is that the participants, um, were eating a, a diet with the macronutrient composition that was set to 60% carbohydrates. protein, and 20% fat. So you'll notice that it had high levels of carbohydrates during this phase. And they did things for exercise. They did things like light exercise, like yoga, walking, stretching, the things I had mentioned before. But they still consumed 1,600 calories each day. During their phase two, they switched things up. So this is the follicular phase. And what they did is they actually increased the participant's protein content. They changed their macronutrient breakdown to now a little lower carbs, so they went down to 50% carbs. They increased the protein to 30% and they kept the fat at 20%. They did this to optimize the participant's response to the increased intensity of the physical activity they were going to do and the resistance training that they were going to do. So what they did for exercise is they did a circuit training and they did that two times a week plus they did cardio two to three times a week. So, But they they still consume 1,600 calories a day which I think is awesome that they had this consistent consistency. Now, during phase three, um, they they changed things up again. So we're going to call phase three. We're just going to combine it because they did the same approach during their um, ovulatory and their luteal phases. Okay. So what they did is during this phase, the participants dietary fat intake was increased. Um, what they did is they did this to accommodate the associated increase in cravings that happened during this phase of the month. They still maintained an increased amount of protein. So they kept their protein high. Um, so that during this phase, their macronutrient breakdown was set to a 40% carb. So again, their carbs came down just a little bit and then they, um, they had 30% protein, so still the same amount of protein, but then they've increased their fat percentage up to 30%. But they were also given an optional 200 calorie serving of dark chocolate, what which was allowed to be consumed on their days 24 to 28 of their monthly cycle. Um, and it was done to, you know, with the goal to help satisfy cravings if they wanted. It was optional. And if they felt like they wanted it, they could have that. So daily calories were at 1600, or if they chose the chocolate, up to 1800 calories per day. During this phase, their exercise was looking like weight training two days a week and then cardio again two to three days a week. So that was the study group. Let's talk about the control group. They were pretty simple, pretty, you know just basic. They had their 1600, um, 1,600 daily calories in every day and their macronutrient composition didn't vary very much. They, um, they were allowed either 45 to 50% carbs each day. Um, their protein intake was between 15 to 20% and their fat intake was at 30%. And then their exercise was moderate. They just did a moderate 30 minutes every day. And then two days of the week, they did a vigorous, um, a vigorous cardio day. All right, so what happened the results of the study. I don't think that you'll be surprised. It I at least I wasn't surprised, but basically significantly the group that was in the study group, they had a significant greater fat loss than the um control group. And one of the cool things is that the study group where they noticed this fat loss happening was around their midsection. So they had a greater reduction of waist circumference in the study group. Also, um, something to kind of pay attention to, which I think was very interesting and very important for us, especially this time of year when we're starting new new programs, right, is that a lot of times we'll get through January and then we're we quit, like, by February, right? The control group actually had higher dropout rates. Um, They were given reasons for like personal reasons or they were just dissatisfied with the treatment or the program that they were following. And so there was a lot more adherence in the study group. The study group was the one, again, that was uh, modifying their nutrition and exercise strategies depending on what phase of the month they were in. The study group likely had more success in losing fat and then completing that whole six-month protocol. Um, probably for several reasons. First, I think the adjustments in the macronutrient composition to increase your protein and your fat result in more blood uh, blood sugar stabilization, and they also help to improve moods and give us more energy and make it so that we're more or we're less insulin. Um, that we have less insulin release, and that we will then in turn have um, decreased fat storage. Additionally, incorporating more protein and fat in some cases, even more calories, like we talked about with the chocolate, is related to feelings of more happiness and more satiety, right? So that was something that I think was a very successful part of their program. Um, The combination of increasing protein, in fact, while allowing the dark chocolate resulted in probably an overall like feeling of more satisfaction, which helps probably to decrease the cravings and promoted more adherence to that style of eating. And so this style of eating is what I have been talking about today. It's what I call phasing. So while fat loss was the main measurement in the study, when we look at things a little bit deeper, the results really highlight success and improvements in both physical and mental health. These results and modifications can easily be translated to everyday life and guide us girls in making really just slight adjustments to our nutrition and exercise routines based on our own cycle and our body's unique responses to each each phase. So, I hope you guys found this information interesting. And I hope that it's provided you with extra support and guidance um, and insight into why we feel differently depending on the time of the month we're in day to day. I hope this information has allowed us to feel empowered to listen to our bodies rather than just pushing ourselves through the days um, when we're more tired or we're craving more sugar. It's important our body's giving us messages and we need to pay attention to those and honor those messages. I encourage all of us, um, to acknowledge our physiology <laughs> as women and to support our beautiful female bodies, um, by using the common, you know, these common recommendations that I love to share. So things like maybe it's taking a walk instead of going to the spin class on a certain day of the month. Uh, maybe it's scheduling, maybe your more intense workouts for the first half of our cycle of the month. Um, Maybe it's increasing our protein intake to improve satisfaction and satiety during the day or increasing our nutrient intake with nutritional therapy supplementation like her time in the week before and during our period to alleviate PMS symptoms or knowing that the middle of the month is the best time to enjoy that extra food splurge. Having this knowledge and understanding our body can be extremely empowering, and that's what I hope for each of us, and it really puts us in the driver's seat. So even just a few small changes and tweaks can make a huge impact. So I'm excited for you guys to kind of, I don't know, try this out and see for yourselves how it affects you. I'm going to leave you guys before I say goodbye with just a few tips to kind of get you started. And I hope you guys will take the challenge and kind of implement some of these tips and see what you can learn about your body. So first of all, I want you guys to pay attention, listen to your body and honor each of the phases. Each of these phases are unique and they're there comes good from each of them. Um, the information that I've shared today is really just to be used as a guideline because every one of us is going to feel a little different um, depending on you know which phase we're in. So do what feels right for you. All right. The second thing I'm going to tell you is that if you are not already, please track your cycles but also track your symptoms during each phase. So take note of things like your cravings or your energy levels. Um, How's your digestion working? And obviously the length of your cycle, that's something important to pay attention to and track as well. Um, Track your cycle using an app. That's the easiest way that I can recommend. I use an app called Clue. I don't know if it's the best one, but I know that it works for me. I've also heard from several of you um, that the app's, that are called Glow, Kindara, Period Tracker, Eve, Ovia and Cycle Tracker are great too. So try one of those, get those on your phone or, you know, a good old-fashioned notebook works just great too or just grab a calendar or something. Whatever works for you, just start just start tracking and paying attention to what's going on with your body. You will learn so much, it'll be fascinating. Also, it's really important that you support your hormonal health during every phase of your monthly cycle with proper nutrition, like we have talked about, and with appropriate exercise, but also by supplementing with Her Time Daily. Her Time Daily can be taken every single day of the month, and it's really awesome because if you aren't currently having a menstrual cycle, it's not something that we need to track You know, to know when to start. You just take a packet every single day, and you'll get that daily support that you need. Also, we have Her Time Classic. Her Time Classic is um, the supplement that you start taking three days before your menstrual cycle cycle begins, and then you're gonna take it for 10 consecutive days. It'll take you through your period and possibly even after you finish your period, but it's going to really, really nourish your endocrine system and give you the nutrients that your body needs during each of these different phases of your cycle. So one of those supplements, whatever works best for you, you can choose um, from there. Anyway, thank you so much for tuning in again. Again, I love going over some of these topics um, topics with you. I love the questions that you guys send in. I will continue to remind you that if you have a question or a topic that you'd like me to cover during this podcast, um, please write in and let me know. You can DM me, um, just put attention Cody and they will make sure that your message gets sent to me, or you can email me at Cody at mixers.com and mixers is spelled M I X H E R S. I look forward to getting back on here next week. Jess and I will be, um, Talking with Abby. If you guys didn't hit or hear our last episode that was released last Tuesday, Abby Aris is our guest and she is sharing with us her story of hormonal chaos. Like it's crazy, but she, she really, really has a lot that you, many of you are going to relate to. A lot of great information was, um, went over and that we actually turned it into two episodes because there was so much good stuff. So be sure to turn it, tune into that on Tuesday. And if you have not already subscribed, make sure that you subscribe to this podcast so you get the notifications and know when our newest episodes are released. And then next Friday, I'm looking forward to getting on here. Topic is undecided. I am going to look at some of our messages and see what is the most commonly asked questions. And I'm going to cover a topic that seems like it's something that you guys are wanting to talk about. All right. Until then, you guys, Make sure that you just really, really love your body, love yourself, and just give yourself things that you need to feel your best and to be your healthiest. And you know what? Having a period is actually really awesome. Our female bodies are incredible, and we can learn so much by just paying attention and tuning in. So with that, you guys have a great weekend, and I will talk to you guys next week. This episode is brought to you by HerPower. Show up in life focused, on point, full of energy, but without the crash and habit-forming behaviors that caffeine can cause. HerPower is a non-stimulant energy supplement that provides stamina, concentration, mental support, and mind clarity. Struggle with a racing mind, anxiety, or feel consistently tired? HerPower is your answer. Check us out on social media, at Mixers, M-I-X-H-E-R-S or at Mixers.com.